0: God, oh, my precious Father, how I love you, how I adore you, God. God, I thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that this evening, God, that you want to say something to your people. And so, I by myself before you. I ask God that whatever it is that you want to say, God, use me, my mouth, my hands, everything, my thoughts, God, I surrender to you. I thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that whatever it is that you have for the people today, God, that they hear what they came in need of. I glorify your name, God. I worship you and I adore you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, um, it's 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 a good position to be in that allows our pastor to get a break every now and then, um, because he is an awesome man of God, and um, so I honor him. Actually, honor my first lady also um, in their absence, just giving honor to them, and uh, and I am just uh, again humbled to be here. I want to say. Um, Just a personal note, just from my family to my EMCC family, um, it has been an extremely, extremely difficult time for my family. For those of you that don't know my father-in-law, we um, buried my father-in-law last week. And the love that we have received from this house has absolutely blessed our lives. Don't ever think that we did not need that text message, that we didn't need that hug, that we didn't need to see your face, um, just to let us know that we are loved. It's in times like this that we, um, God gives us grace, and God uses the very people that we need just to strengthen us, so I'm very thankful to um everybody that showed love towards us and uh, just continue to keep us lifted up you know uh, once the the ceremony is done then you have to learn how to live you know in the absence of and so that's where we are right now we're learning to live in the absence of and we're just believing that God is going to comfort us and God is going to show us and he always shows himself strong so we are just believing in him and again just thank you all for your prayers we um we appreciate it all right so i am excited um, just about where we are just in general in this ministry um, i had the opportunity to go to a conference called grow and uh, for those of you who um, are familiar with church in the of the highlands um, it is um, a church that we've been pastor really has connected to and um, I'm so glad to be in a ministry where not only do we have an opportunity to hear from our pastor, but our pastor encourages us to get filled, and he encourages us to learn and grow, and that's exactly what happened. So I just believe that we we didn't get this building for nothing. There was a reason why we needed a bigger place. There was a reason why we needed more seats. Because we are being positioned to impact the Gulf Coast. And we are being positioned to bring, to show people who Jesus is. And to have those that are lost come back or come and meet Jesus. And so we are really in preparation for an expansion. We're in preparation for growth. And it's such an exciting time. I know that Pastor's been talking about um you know, the small groups and those types of things that are happening, and I wanna encourage you in the new thing, grab on. There's a purpose behind it, there's a reason behind it. Because we know that when we were in uh, at the conference, um, uh, his name is slipping me, what's his name, Jazz? The older man, huh? Not Chris Hodges, the, the uh, thought leader. Mm-mm, the other guy. Okay, so there was another guy. <laughs> I can't. Oh, he is extremely famous, too. Um, John yes, thank you, Chad. Um, so John Maxwell, one of the things that he said is that 53% of the people out there will never come to a church. And so the people that won't come to church, they might come to a small group. They might come to someone's home, and if we are in the business, and if we are on the mission that God has called us to do, is to save souls and it's to win souls to him. So I want to encourage you all as we start these small groups, I know pastor is going to be talking more about that, that you really just get into the vision, support the vision, because there is a reason. And the reason is that we are building the kingdom of God. We are literally going to be snatching souls out of hell. And so we need for this body of believers to grab on so that this thing can grow amen Amen. so i'm really excited um like i said i believe god is doing something new and amazing in this church um everything that we have experienced is positioning positioning us for mind-blowing growth in the next year and i do believe that we are going to see souls come to christ and one of the things that um really when I was just praying about what to share, because Thursday nights tend to be um, the people that are connected, it's a lot of the people that are already working in the ministry, and it's just really, I wanted to encourage everybody that is here to get connected. Um, One of the things that we are doing in this church is that we are making sure that we have a seeker-friendly atmosphere. So when people come in that don't know God or that have never been to church, or maybe they have a misconception, maybe they come in with church hurt, they've been to church before, and they just have all of these conceptions. We want to make our environment friendly for those people who are seeking after God. Um, And it is important that we that are already here, that are already in love with the one and only Savior, that we position ourselves to allow God to use us to minister to those people who are seeking. Um, And we have to come not only, um, when we come to church, not only have an expectation for ourselves to get something, but to have an expectation that I might be used to bring somebody to Christ this Sunday. I might be used on this Thursday to bring somebody to Christ. So it's just a, a culture shift and a mind shift that we want to prepare ourselves because they're coming. They're coming. The harvest is plenty. The harvest is plenty. So there are people out there that need what you have, that need to know how good God is. There are people that are hurting, that need to know the God that you know, that the God that has comforted you, the God that has healed you, the God that has saved you over and over and over again the god that forgives you and there are people that, out there that don't know that god so it is imperative that we position ourselves that when they come through that door that they see nothing but him that they see nothing but him and so um one of the things that uh, for those of you who don't know um, I am not originally from Mississippi, though Mississippi has been very good to me. I got a man and three kids out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I was actually raised, Lav, can you open that for me, please? Thank you, sir. I was actually raised in Central Florida, Kissimmee St. Cloud, and it is a little south, thank you, sir, um, of uh, Orlando. So basically, we grew up around Disney. When I was uh, 16, what Disney World would do is Disney World would come to the high schools and recruit 16 and older. So they would come and recruit kids to work at Disney for the summer. And so I was one of those kids. I got to work at Disney. I worked at Disney really until I graduated college. And so um, one of the things that Disney does has anybody been to Disney? Has anybody been to Disney? Anybody that's been, would you like to go back? Hmm? I actually, I love Disney. I love Disney. Um, but I worked there until I went to college. And so one of the things that Disney does, regardless of what you start as. So I came in, when I started, I was working food. I was working in one of the fast fast food um, restaurants in Magic Kingdom, and regardless if you came in to do fast food, or if you were working in the executive suites, if you were a character, it didn't matter, everybody went through the same training. And if you've ever been to Disney, Disney is all about what people pay for. It's not necessarily the rides. It's not necessarily the food, what people pay for is the experience. It is the experience that people pay for. Disney literally is one of the most expensive vacations that a family will ever pay for. But they have done it so well, they have created the customer experience so well that people don't mind saving for years and years to bring their kids to drag their kids all around Magic Kingdom, drag them in lines, have them have tantrums. Now, if y'all ever been to Disney with little ones, that's exactly what happens. Brother Chris, I know y'all just came back. (laughs) And it's hot, but it is an experience. And the experience, everything about Disney is about the guest. Everything is about the guest. So one of the things they taught us and they empowered Even me, as a fast food worker, I I wasn't making a lot of money, 16 years old, I had the power to impact a guest experience. If a guest had a complaint, didn't even have anything to do with the food, didn't have anything to do where I was, I could give them a ticket, I could give them something to go to guest services and make sure that they are taken care of. Because one of the things Disney did not want, Disney never wants you to leave satisfied. They never want you to leave satisfied. What Disney wants, Disney wants you to have an experience that exceeded your expectations. Because if if it exceeded, guess what you're gonna do? You're gonna come back, but not only are you gonna come back, your family is gonna come back. And guess what you've done? When Carson gets older and he has kids, what is he going to do? Take them to Disney. Take them to Disney. So now not only am I, have I impacted you, but now I've hooked you and I've hooked your family. Just by experience. And if something that happened wrong, we made sure that it corrected. And the people, the cast members were empowered to correct it. so if Disney can do that you pay money you leave there tired you leave there with less money you have some great memories but none of that except for some stuff that you didn't overpaid for that your kids gonna mess up and you are gonna find under their bed two weeks later if Disney knows that if I make sure you have a good experience you'll come back and spend that same money it is important for me it's important for the growth of my business it's important for me to make sure that when you walk through those gates everything about it is focused about you we want to make sure that your experience is unforgettable how much more when we have the very thing that gives life how much more when people walk through the church door, should they have an experience that is truly life-changing? That when they have an experience, it not only changes them, but it changes generations. That it creates freedom. That it creates the opportunity for not only themselves, but for everyone that they're connected to. If Disney can do it, then, why? then we need to do it also we need to do it also and we need to do it better we have the best example of how to serve we have the best example jesus was a servant he came to serve he came he saw the ones that nobody else saw it didn't matter what your title was it didn't matter what you did it didn't matter your past jesus saw That is my child. That's who I came for. That woman at the well is who I came for. That adulterer is who I came for. That's who he came, that woman with the issue of blood, that is who I came for. And I'm going to create an experience that when you touch me, when you are introduced to me, that your life will be changed forever. And there are people coming through the doors of EMCC that need that experience. And for us that are in position, and it doesn't matter what position you are, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you are up here, if you are singing, if you have a mic, or if you are just wearing an I Love EMC shirt, EMCC shirt. You have the opportunity to impact that experience. You have an opportunity to let somebody know that the God you serve is real. You have the opportunity to know. If you can open your Bibles to John 4, 25. All right, y'all now, I'm gonna tell y'all something. So I went to the eye doctor. And there was this very rude sign while I was getting my exam. And the sign asked, are you over 40? (laughs) I just thought that was real rude and personal. (laughs) If you are over 40, you might need bifocals. So guess what I'm wearing today? (laughs) So if y'all see me like this, that's why. I just thought that was rude though. You don't have to put that on a sign. I mean, my paper says I'm over 40. You could just ask. That's just rude. rude. Okay, does everybody have? (coughs) Okay, so we're reading John 4 and 25 through 35. And I'm reading from the NIV. (coughs) And the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with the woman, but no one asked, what do you want or why were you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this man be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me, and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Now, the woman that they're talking about in this scripture is the woman at the well. So, and I've always heard the story of the woman at the well. I've heard it preached many times, Um, you know, how she came in the middle of the day and she actually, we you know, was on her fifth husband, or the one—the man that she she had five husbands. The man that she was with now wasn't her husband, and basically, Jesus read her, you know, at the well. And also, at that time, I know that it's not customary for n- number one, a man to speak to a woman in general, but especially a Samaritan, a Jewish man to speak to a Samaritan woman, because there was a lot of racial tension there. So I, I knew all of that, um, but what I had not read was what happened after she went back I hadn't really read that I I really had not heard anybody talk about that and so um, one of the things that surprised me about this this story is that what happened was the reason Jesus was alone is that the disciples had gone to get something to eat so they were in town and Jesus was at the well Uh, he was that's why he was by himself and he was talking to this woman now his disciples because he was a teacher to them and you'll see even throughout the scripture that when they did not understand something that Jesus did they asked a question when they did not you know understand why he did something or said something they would ask a question so one of the things that happened is that the disciples came back from wherever they were were coming from the woman was still there And they saw Jesus talking to the woman. Now, they knew that this was not customary. And they knew that, you know, it was odd for him to be speaking to a woman. But they asked him nothing about it. They asked him nothing about why were you talking to that woman? Then the woman who was at the well, she left her jar of water at the well. So if you are in that time frame you should i mean in that time you should uh, something should be odd about that you should be like okay now he's talking to this lady when we came she took off and ran you know but they did not ask anything about that then what happened is that as she went to go and get her people and tell her look i met this man mama met this man let me tell you about this man and they are coming back, the disciples are still clueless to what is going on. They're like, uh, Rabbi, let's go eat. Do you want something to eat? And he's like, no, not the kind of food that you're offering. Not the kind of food that you're offering. And the verse that sticks out to me is that he tells his disciples who have been with him, who are the closest to them, to him, He said, um, let me see, verse 35. And uh, he says, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. The, The disciples were uninterested in finding out why Jesus was speaking with this woman, why she left her jar of water. They were more focused on what they needed. They were more focused on eating. And what they had planned. The woman's God encounter caused her to run back and get others to have the same experience. But they did not even see it because their eyes were not open. Because they were so consumed with what they had, what they were tasked to do, go and get something to eat. And then if you go and get something to eat, now we got to figure out a time to eat it. So they were so consumed that they missed the experience that the woman had. And not only did they miss the experience that she had, but they didn't even notice that because of her experience, she went back and got more people to have the same experience. So one of the things, and I don't want to take credit for this because I'm, I'm smart, but I ain't, I'm not that smart. Um, Chris Hodges, Pastor Chris Hodges is the, the pastor at um, Highlands Church. And so um, he really, I kind of, I really have been studying what he's been talking about. And if you notice, I wore my vision shirt, but the last part of uh, of our vision, the last statement is to make a difference. And so he talks about, you know, how you can make a difference. And the first way he says is that we have to open our eyes. We have to open our eyes, number one, to what we have and we need to understand why we have it. So, in order for you to make a difference, you have to understand that you have something that is usable by God. You have something that God can use that He's given you. And a lot of people will say, "Well, you know, I don't have, you know, I don't have the gift of this, and I don't have the gift of that." And you know, um, when we were at the conference, people would come to me like, "What do you do to do in church?" You know, "What is you know what is?" I'm like, "I really don't have a title." You know, I just do what needs to get done, you know, but you have what God has given you, you need to take inventory of. And I'll tell you, what God has given you, you might think is not a lot, maybe not compared to somebody else, what they have, or you looking at gifts and what they can do, but what you have, God's given you for a reason. Let me brag on Sister Jasmine. So, I have two girls, praise God, I'm so thankful for them, but I, I cannot do hair. I cannot do hair, and God gave me two babies with a lot of hair. Right after my father passed, we were getting ready to go to the funeral. Their hair needed to be done, you know, my babies. I was brushing up them edges as much as I could, you know, shellacking them down. Uh, <laughs> And Sister Jasmine came to me. It must have been, it was the Sunday before we had to go, and she was like, bring the girls to me. Bring the girls to me. I'll do their hair. I'll wash. She washed. She detangled. I mean, she said she ain't going to do it again, but I'm so glad she did that time. But God gave her a gift. And do you know when she told me that how much weight was released off of me? So it can be something that ministry does not always have to be from here from the pulpit. It is not here from, the, I'll, let me brag on Mother Washington. So Monte loves cakes, he loves sweets. Mother Washington made us this huge red velvet cake. I'm talking about we ate on that thing for days. But do you know somebody just thinking about you and thinking enough and all I did was I just bumped into her at Walmart That's all, but she knew. She knew what we were going through. And something as simple but as beautiful as taking time out to make something with your hands. Your time is a gift. Your time is a gift. I appreciate that Lav and Chad and Sister Felicia came and they actually drove two and a half, three hours to a funeral, they had never met my father-in-law, but they loved us. They loved us. And I'm just giving these examples because these are things that just happened to me, where people took time out. So God has given you something. God has given you. God has given If Who has a cell phone in here? Don't you know your cell phone can be a weapon that can destroy depression, that can stop suicide, that can make somebody feel loved, that can make somebody realize that they're not forgotten from your phone, a text message, a call. So you have what you need. God has given it to you. Don't minimize a smile. Don't minimize a hug. Sister Shayna, she's not here, but she can give some of the best hugs. She give you them hugs that, girl, I got you, girl, I love you. Deacon Bullock calling, being like, hey, I got some apples. Y'all better take these oranges and grapes. But God has given you something. God has given you something. And you need to know that you've been given. Take inventory of what you have, even if it's just time. Not even if, but if it's time. Maybe you're not working as much as you would like to. Maybe you've retired. Maybe you're in transition, but God's given you a gift of time use it the other thing um, is that in, we need to open uh, open our eyes to what we have and while we have it we also need to open our eyes to who people are and what they need don't assess people from the outside it's easy to get offended or be bitter but what we know is that hurting people hurt people So we need to take care of first impressions because it's possible that, that 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 brother that just seems so standoffish, or that is real short, don't want to say anything. If you really knew his story, if you really knew what he was dealing with, if you really knew, then the way you look at him will change. It's one thing, If you have that kid in children's church that don't ever want to listen, never quiet, always moving around. But if you really looked at them how God saw them, and you knew that there's value, and if you really knew their story. But see, the thing is, we don't have time to know everybody's story. We don't have time to know. So you have to look at people the way that God sees them. God has to open our eyes. I'll tell you, I was in Walmart, uh, I went to Walmart the other day, and there was this, um, this lady looked like she might have been in maybe her early 30s, Um, and she had her and her son were out there asking if they could clean windows on cars. And my my first impression was like, you know what, that's a shame. That's a shame, got that baby out here. And then God corrected me so quickly said look at her again you know what I saw I saw my son I saw my son and I saw a mother that I'm sure loved her son loves that baby just like I love Tafari and God stopped me and God was like that's my child how dare you how dare you I've given you the opportunity to pray. You know how to pray. And the first thing that you say is, that's a shame. So you know what? I had to go and find her. I said, I don't know. You know, I don't know what your situation is. I didn't have a whole lot of cash. I gave her some cash. And then I gave her the address to the food pantry. And I was just like, look, here is the here, this, this is this is what I can do right now. I said, but what is your name? I was like, and what is your son's name? I was like, I will add you to my prayer list. I said, now I'll be praying for you. She said, thank you so much with tears in her eyes. How dare I? You have to see. We have to see. And if... God is going to do what I know he's going to do in this ministry. He's going to bring broken people. He's going to bring people that don't look like what we want them to look like. He's going to bring people that don't smell like we want them to smell. He's going to bring people that might have done stuff that you would turn your nose up. He's going to bring people at their their rock bottom where they are. And we have to make sure and be careful to see them as God's child. We have to make sure that when we see them, we see that God, Jesus died, and he would have died just for her. He would have died just for him. God, change our eyes. Make us ready. There is a harvest, and the harvest is ready. We have to be ready to be the laborers. And it it all is about how we choose to see people. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. Not God so loved Christians, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. The third thing that Pastor Hodges says is that we need to open our eyes to where we are spiritually. And not only where we are spiritually, but where, what do we need to do next? Because God delivered you. Everybody has a testimony of how God changed your life. And he wanted to do that. He wanted to do that. But now that he's doing it and, I'm, and everybody still has things that they have to work through, but what he did, what he has done already, you have the responsibility of making sure that you take that gift that he's given you, that gift of grace, that gift of deliverance, that gift of freedom, that you take that and you use that and you share that with somebody. God has prepared you to be a blessing to somebody. He's prepared you to be the light. The only way that Christ is known is through us. We're the example. We're the ones that 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 God has given the gift he said, I'm going to place, I'm going to leave this Holy Spirit in you. But it's not just for us to benefit. If I only benefit and pray for those that, that I know, if I only come to church and I'm only nice to people I know, I only speak to people I know, I only smile at people I know, you're limiting the, the effectiveness of what God gave you. You're limiting the effectiveness of what God did for you. It can't just be just for you. The answer to your life only lies in the connection with the very one who created us. And that's in Ephesians 1 16 through 18. If you don't know what God is giving you, yeah, you say, you know, I have all of this stuff, and, you know, I'm not sure what he's calling me to do then the thing that you need to do is get closer to him. Get closer to him. Spend time in his word. Get, build your personal relationship that you have with him. And he will reveal. You don't know what gift you have, he'll, he'll, he'll make a way to show it to you. Or maybe you say, well, God, I'm good at this, but I don't know how to use it. He'll, he'll show you how to use it. Every gift that you have, every experience that you went through, God has given it to you so that you can share it with others, so that you can make a difference. You didn't go through that bad relationship for nothing. You didn't go through that hurt and pain for nothing. When you went through that and when you brought that hurt and that pain to God and what he did with it, and when he renewed you, he did that for you for a reason. God is better than Disney. (laughs) He exceeds expectations every time. And if we do not allow him to use us, and I was mainly talking about when people come here because I, I know that the masses are coming. I believe that the masses are coming, but when they come, we have to be in a position so that we see them and that we're available to minister to them. But it's not just when they come, because I said in the beginning, only 53% of people, 53% of people will never come to a church. So that same God that you're going to show when people come and visit EMCC, that's the same one that you need to carry with you every day. Evangelism is not what you do. It's a lifestyle. Evangelism is a lifestyle if we are going to be effective, we have to open our eyes to see what God sees about us and about those around us. Um, In that same chapter, John 4 and 42, and I'm closing. It says, "They," they being the crowd that the woman brought, they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. My God, let that be the testimony. Let that be the testimony that, yeah, um, well, you know, Aisha invited me to church and she told me and I watched her and you know, it seems like that God thing is real, but when they come into an encounter with him, I don't have to go on what Aisha told me. Let that be the testimony. If we, are doing, if we are not focusing on that, everything else is for naught. Everything else is for naught. God, let that be the experience that people have. Let that be the experience that they came in seeking and they found. That they came in wondering and now they know. They know how good it is to be loved by you. I'm just going to pray. And I really want to pray for those who maybe you you don't know how to share your experience. You don't know how exactly do I share my faith. And if that's you, I just want to pray for those. And maybe those have that we're comfortable, you've lost the boldness. And I just want to pray that we find that fire and that boldness, and that God reveals to you how he wants you to share what he's given you. If we just bow our heads. Dear Lord, we just come to you, God. We thank you, God, for everything that you have done for us. We recognize, dear Heavenly Father, that that you want people saved. And God, we understand that you have saved us so that we can be a light and an example and a testimony for those who are still searching, for those who are still looking. So God, I just pray, dear God, for those who find it hard, for those who don't know how to, God, that there will be a release in their spirit That there will be a release, dear Heavenly Father, to share the faith that they found in you. God, that you would just fill them with love, love that overflows, love that touches people that are connected to them, love that touches people that they see, God. And God, as you fill us, God, give us a new vision. Give us 2020 vision so that we can see clearly how you see those around us. That when we see somebody, God, and we know that they don't know, you got our heart aches. That we have a yearning, dear Heavenly Father, to seek those that are lost. And when we come in contact, God, that you give us discernment and you give us wisdom. Draw us closer to you, dear Heavenly Father, so we never misrepresent you before people. Draw us closer to you, God, so that we can see how you have designed us to be exactly what you've called us to be, God. I thank you for every gift. I thank you for every experience, God. I ask, dear Heavenly Father, that now you quicken that gift, that you quicken that experience, God, that you make it life, dear Heavenly Father, that can be shared, dear Heavenly Father, with those that need it. I glorify your name, God. I thank you right now, God, for the souls that will be saved, dear Heavenly Father, because of our obedience to you. The souls that will be saved, dear God, because we see people the way that you see people. I glorify your name, God. I worship you, God. God, I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that your will be done. It is is in the mighty name of your son, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Am I doing announcements, too? I'm doing it all. Okay, so um, at this time, we are going to prepare our hearts to give. It's amazing how dry your throat gets up here. If you need an envelope, just wave your hand in the air and we will get one to you. Okay, and so we have all the ways to give. If you have your envelope or your device, um, we're just going to say um, our confession of our offering. Say, Father, this is my seed that I'm sowing today in good ground, and I know that I receive a harvest in the area of my life that I need it most. Amen. You may bring your seat. Small groups will have the forms posted. We pretty much put everybody who has responded thus far in a group. If you started responding and did not fill out the name information, you are not in the group because we don't know who you are. That's why you're supposed to fill out all the categories, praise the Lord. But Sunday we will have the forms where we've kind of placed everybody thus far. Um, and then we'll have the the leaders will have those forms for those specific days, so you'll be able to see what day you are uh, scheduled for, who's teaching, and then if you have not signed up, you will have the ability to give them your information to be added to a group at that time. Amen. We're super excited. Also, the women's conference is coming up in December, and y'all, let's just let's just talk about it for about two seconds while First Lady not here.